Hello. Good Sunday morning. Good Sunday morning. How are you? I'm doing really good. Can you hear me okay? Yeah. Can you hear me okay? Yeah. I'm trying out using a microphone for the first time. I actually don't know if it's like plugged in or working at all. You sound great. Okay. That's good. What kind of microphone are you using? Um, it's from Amazon. It's... Samson, which I would assume is a knockoff of like a Samsung. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's amazing. I don't know. It was like rated high and it was like, I don't know, under 70 bucks or something. That's awesome. Is it just like a little clip one? It's like a legit 1980s microphone. Stop. I don't know why it appealed to me, but it uh, it is a full-blown microphone. Wow. I like, love that for you. Thanks. Uh, we'll see. I The green light on it is on. So who knows? Well, it does sound really good. Oh, good. Good. Yeah. I feel like we'll have to run it back and see if you can tell a difference. You yeah. know what I mean? Yes. And yeah. That's awesome. Thanks. Yeah. I tried um, doing like an audio recording on my phone to see if it, but I don't have anything to compare it to. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, it's worth it. So, try. we'll try it out this way. Absolutely. How's your weekend? That. You know, it's going really great. We, so, you know, Haley, my first ever assistant baby angel, right? You know her? Yes. God bless her little soul. God bless her blonde, bobbed soul. <laughs> she is moving to San Diego in a few short weeks and we had her going away party last night oh fun I know it was so much fun and I'm I'm just so excited for her I'm so proud of her and she's just she's the cutest sweetest thing ever so she's so excited she's so nervous and I just can't wait to see what's coming next for her super exciting San Diego's awesome I know how was your weekend um it's been good I work every day every day you too (laughs) it's just that time of year like because I'm working my schedule's different um Mm. I'm taking one client a day so it kind of like stretches the week oh yeah more yeah So, um, and we're leaving for New York in a week. So I kind of made up a little bit of that, um, like eight day stretch that I took off Yeah, in the beginning of December. So yeah, I've just, uh, ideally I don't normally work this much, but, um, I like money and I want to get my clients in. So I feel you. Yeah. I feel you. That's what's up. So basketball games and working, that's about it. Oh my gosh. All of the, all of the sports. All of the fun things in life. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. And my baby doesn't sleep. So not that anyone cares, but, uh, that's an interesting fact about my life. Why doesn't she sleep? I don't know. (laughs) Like we can't figure. She's literally insane. That picture you posted of her the other day and then you zoomed in on her face, your face zooms of her are hilarious. She she actually does terrify me. And (laughs) that picture is 100% accurate. I was cracking up. Like, she's so cute, but I get what you mean. Like, I would be scared of her too. Yeah, she has the (laughs) freakas that I don't expect anyone to know what we're talking about, but she has a Grinch sweatshirt on in this picture and she's like in the background of another or like a picture I took but I zoomed in on her face and she actually looks like the Grinch but like in a scary yeah in a scary baby form and it's kind of funny but it's like even funnier and also not funny because she actually is a monster 
So, <laughs> God bless her little soul, I guess. Oh my gosh. Are you excited for New York? Like, I know you're working a ton, but that's so fun. You're taking the whole fam. Yeah, I'm super excited. Um, I'm so, so glad that we decided to do this and not buy a bunch of gifts and just do that because I just don't want to do that anymore. Yeah. <clears throat> and like, the kids don't need anything. Right. And yeah, this actually puts like, it like re-inspired us to all get excited about Christmas again. Not that the kids and my family wasn't, but you know, mom's kind of set the tone for things and my Christmas tone has been very off key the last couple years because, you know, it just gets old buying stuff for kids. I completely agree. I completely agree. Yeah. So you know how it is, but focusing on an experience, a trip, all being together, um, and then just the anticipation of that has just been great. So, yeah, we're really excited. So, okay, I want to talk about you only taking, like, one client a day. What made you decide to do that? Well, child care mainly. So, okay. and it just works for my schedule more. So, a couple of things. I like having a half a day off at the second half of the day. And I also like maintaining my schedule like from day to day. So Mm. I'm the type of person that if I am not, uh, if I'm not really strictly regimented with myself, I like fall off the wagon hard and Mm. I will get lazy or I get in my head about things and I end up wasting an entire day. So for me, you know what I mean? Totally. So for me, it's just worked a lot better to, um, like I've been doing Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, a morning client every day. And then I always work one Saturday a month. Okay. So, I mean, that's a lot more than I'm used to as far as like being in the salon throughout the week. However, because I used to work only three days and but I would take two clients a day right so um yeah it's just worked really 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 good for me and that way I always know I have Wednesdays off for the most part sometimes I'll flip Wednesday and Thursday um but I always know I have a day off throughout the week and I usually spend that day man I've been going hard in this lawn Haley I'm like I'm like actually kind of pumped, but I usually spend that day doing inventory, um, cleaning or stocking in the salon mm-hmm. for the first half of the day. And then the other days I'm working. Okay. Um, I don't know. And if you guys have children or if you know someone who has children, you guys know it's, it's really hard to schedule your life to where you can pick up kids at a certain time when you have clients. Cause it's like, <laughs> sometimes clients come in and they're like, I want to be really blonde today. Yeah. You know, and you've have sometimes scheduled out for that. And then, you know, we always try our best to accommodate people and sometimes we run over. So do you, what time do you take your client? Uh, so usually at 10. So usually I work 10 to two. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And that's amazing. Yeah. So I get up now I get up really early, so I'll have a couple hours in the morning, um, and then I head into work, and then I have, you know, I get home by 2.30 or 3, and it's just nice having that second half of the day. Yeah. Um, you can come home and cook dinner. Yeah. Or get kids to sports or... Yep. So I'm asking, I just, so many stylists really struggle with schedule maintaining a schedule I don't know which direction you wanted to take the pod but I think today but I think this is a great topic specifically to around a holiday mm-hmm. I like I work I feel like the least I work the entire the least amount I work the entire year in December and around Thanksgiving 
And I've intentionally set it up that way, but a lot of people do the opposite. And so, but listening to you just have complete control of your schedule that works for your life. When you have kids, you're a busy mom. That's so inspiring. I think it would be so beneficial for stylists to hear the progression of how that came about for you. I think that's a great, um, it's a great question. Number one, your, I mean, your interviewing skills are top tier, sis. Congratulations. (laughs) Thank you. Thanks. (laughs) I see, I see how, I see your progress. This is awesome. Um, Okay. Yeah, no, I, I love this. Uh, It is incredibly intimidating Mm. as a stylist to commit to and stick to a schedule, especially one like this. That's it's Haley. I don't even, I don't even know if I've ever thought about how inconvenient my appointment times are (laughs) for, for the standard quote unquote client, but that's only a lie that we tell ourselves. My appointment times are not inconvenient at all. I don't find a 10 a.m. appointment to be odd for an, any of my clients. I have great clients. Um, and I do, I do think that there's, a, for me, there's an important part about being flexible, but also, uh, doing what works for you, honestly. Like I work one Saturday a month because it doesn't bother me. And I have two clients, sometimes three that need Saturday appointments. So I just like keep it open and it doesn't bother me. It's a morning appointment and I don't work evenings because that doesn't work for me. And like I, uh, most people can do that. I don't know a single client that wants to sit in a salon all evening anyways. Uh, no, I think this is what I think. I think clients, when you, especially when you're in that transition period from I've taken clients on evenings and weekends, it feels super inconvenient to them at first, especially for existing clients. And, but when you set that boundary, when you're like, this is no longer working for me, I'm no longer going to work until nine o'clock at night. Or I'm no longer, you know, working Saturday and Sunday. Whatever that thing that you don't want to do is, it feels like all of your clients are going to leave. It feels like they're going to hate your guts. But in reality, once you have them trained that, hey, my appointments are at 10 a.m., they are usually more than happy to, one, take off work. But like you said, Hannah, they don't want to be there through the evening. They want to still have their entire day, too. And when they can plan their life around their appointment, they're more than happy to. But like you said, we have a story that we create in our mind that is so much worse than any reality we're going to face with our clients. Sure, you are always going to have some people who don't want to work around your schedule. They quote unquote have to have an evening. They have to have a weekend. And they're going to need to go somewhere else or, or whatever that looks like. And that just is the reality of it. And it's okay. You can find another client whose schedule can work within your boundary. And for those that can't let them go, you, you aren't going to be able to accommodate every single person and that's okay. Those are great points. Yeah. I'm, I, I completely agree with you. You really can't accommodate every person. I'm, I'm really trying to think hard about, about, you know, my feelings and just what was going on in my head. Um, you know, working evenings and dealing with a schedule that was just rough, rough on my body, rough mentally. Um, can I ask you a couple questions? Mm -hmm. You went on maternity leave Mm-hmm. With Mira, how long were you off? I was off. Let's see. I had her uh, a couple weeks early, so 
And then I had scheduled to take 10 weeks off. So like 12 weeks. Okay. So you came back after 12 weeks. And I think for any stylist, if you're pregnant, I know that's like everybody gets super nervous about taking time off, but maternity leave is a great time. Honestly, any time is a great time, but that specifically is a great time to change your schedule and make it work for your life, obviously. Um, so you come back and you're like, what days are you working when you first come back? Yes. To that point, it is a great time to reset your schedule. If you go on maternity leave, um, number one, I, no one is going to, well, if, if a client is tough, mean, or just rigid about your schedule after maternity leave, that client's probably not for you anyways. So let that client be. Um, but most people are very, 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 um, lovely and understanding after a baby. So I agree. That's a great, that's a great point. Um, my schedule after maternity leave, is that what you said? I'm sorry. Yes. My schedule after maternity leave was a very, very slow and having a, being pregnant, number one, I mean, um, so I kind of tapered down my schedule before I went on leave. And then when I came back, I kind of, it was kind of tapered in the opposite way. Um, being pregnant and being a stylist is pro- is the, the scariest thing I ever did. It is hard on your body. You feel like your whole career is slipping away. You feel the most irrelevant you've ever felt just mm. because you're not you and you're stressed in a completely different way. Um, yeah. And, you know, I, I don't care if it's your first baby. I think it's probably more dramatic if it's your first baby because you don't know. Yeah. what you know any of this is um but this was my third baby but I'd never I graduated hair school and Mikey was like six months old so I was pregnant through hair school but not actually through my career mm-hmm. so you feel incredibly vulnerable in just like you're drowning kind of just like I'm never and all these clients are gonna leave me um it's just it's rough it sucks but like you said, now that now <laughs> a year and a half later, I feel so grateful for the reset that it gave me. I feel re-inspired finally now that um, I'm back in my business kind of with fresh eyes. Yeah. And and I I respect and honor myself and I'm so grateful that I did have a slow schedule at the end of my pregnancy and a slow schedule when I came back. So I worked two days when mm-hmm. I first came back. Um, I, I took two clients a week. I literally don't know how I have clients or <laughs> how I made any of that work, but I um, tapered them back in from my referral stylists. Mm. So I had some, so in a 12-week time frame, you know, most clients with hair extensions, most clients are going to need one move up from someone else. Um, but I had a lot of clients go to the referral stylist twice. Mm, so, okay. in, so instead of saying like, oh, you'll see whatever, Jenny, at, you know, like in the downtown Cincinnati salon that she's at, you'll see her one time and then I'll, I can't wait to see you again. It's like, you have to truly just respect yourself and say like, you know, I really appreciate your flexibility and your loyalty to me. I'm so sorry if you can hear my child in the background, she's really something else. It's really um, faint. So it's fine. Okay. <laughs> you can't really, I wouldn't have known it was, I thought it's like, was this door creaking or something? It's no, it's a baby <laughs> like squeaking like a, bird um but yeah I just I had some clients go to my referral stylist twice my referral stylists were absolute angels um and I set that up in a way that served me and served them you know I didn't uh refer out to or I didn't ask referral stylists that were 
like completely, I know, booked up all the time, mm-hmm. but I also had seven referral stylists. Yeah. So I, I wouldn't ask any of the referral stylists to take more than like three of my clients for That's a move up. Amazing. Yeah. So you, you know, I wanted to make sure I didn't bog down one or two particular stylists with my clients. Right. Um, but I wanted to make sure I found people I trusted, you know? Yeah. And that's why, I, you know, just being a nice human being and having a community within within um, hair extensions is so beneficial. And I was so grateful for these uh, these girls. But I was also happy that I, you know, had made so many great connections. Yeah. Throughout the years. Um, and that, that allowed me to, like I said, for probably the first two months, work two days a week. So I came back, I think, Tuesdays, Thursdays. Okay. Um, And then I came back in, like, at the end of December. And then um, throughout January, February, March, I I kind of maintained that two days a week. And I think by March in the spring, I went back up to three. And that's where I was, like, stacking two clients a day still. Um, Okay. And then as my life changed... A little bit. I just, that's when I shifted to four days, one client in the morning. Okay. And I haven't had, I I try to keep an open conversation with my clients. I haven't had anybody be like, this just does not work for me. I did have some, uh, I had one client that really, really, really connected with an, a referral stylist. And I'm so happy that I have each other. Yeah. And was not, like, upset about that at all. I actually talked to the client probably, like, I don't know, a couple months after I had the baby and, like, couldn't be happier because you you have to want what's best for everybody in this situation, you know? And um, I, don't, I don't want anybody to be with me that, like, really clicked with another stylist. Yeah. You know, like, I love that for them, and that's important. So, um like you didn't take that personally. No, 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 no. Yeah, I think there's a way to think about it when, you know, when you shift your schedule or when you start start to make the time that you're at the salon work for you, not only your clients, mm-hmm. you're going to lose some clients and you want to lose those clients because that number one makes room for new clients but also, I think that you I don't want anyone like glued or weighed down to my chair mm. that doesn't want to be there. A thousand percent. You know, I don't own anyone. No one owes me anything as far as um, it, it's a service and it's an interaction. Sometimes I think we lose sight of that because we do get close with our, our clients, but like... <laughs> I just always think at the end of my life when I'm like laying on my deathbed, am I going to be like, you know, uh, Cindy, I'm really, really glad I stayed for that six o'clock appointment for Cindy because that was such a good use of my time. Like you, what are you, what are we doing? How, okay. How do you, how do you get to that point? Right. So I, work with stylists inside of their businesses and they it there's just such an attachment in the beginning and I it's so hard to because we know I can sit here and tell you your business is going to be fine if you just work the schedule that you want to work but in that moment you don't believe it because you've never experienced it. Either you've been a people pleaser your entire career, or you have just always gone out of your way to accommodate your clients. And so you, you create again, this story in your head that when I work a schedule that works for me in my life, everybody's going to leave me. And I'm just trying to go back and remember, I guess I remember what I did and it worked. I think one of the most valuable things, and I would love to hear you speak on this, Hannah, too, that I did was I stopped 
I, I started having set appointment times. You can either come in at 8 or you can come in at 12.30. Those are my two available appointments on Mondays and Tuesdays. And that's it. If those don't work for you, that's okay, but that is my schedule. So, and if somebody's like, oh, I can't do 12.30, but I can do 2.30. Like, unfortunately, all I have is 2.30. You know what I, I mean? Think, and yeah. I, I just think that shift in itself was so big. And now my clients love it. They know, okay, I want either morning or, or afternoon. And afternoon is 12.30. So for me, that was huge. I stopped explaining anything. Oh, I don't work nights and weekends. I haven't had anybody ask if I had nights and weekends for, I mean, honestly, probably years at this point. And it, it's been amazing, but it's just, I, I think this is one of those things that until you are ready and you fully are standing in your own power and you do experience that your business doesn't fall apart. It's just hard to take somebody else's word for it. Do you agree? Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it starts with, it's a, what I am remembering and I'm, as I'm listening to you, I'm like, I, I kind of think I, I remember and I see what it is when you are transitioning into respecting yourself, because that's basically what it is, is that we don't respect ourselves for so long. We don't have the type of confidence or um, deep love and honor for ourselves for a long time. And I think that's just normal for women. I think uh, it's, it's just normal. It's not there for a bazillion reasons. Who knows why? So when you start to wake up and realize, uh, people treat me like shit because I let them treat me like shit and I'm not going to do that anymore. Yeah. Um, then you have to become a different person. And I think it's actually easier becoming a different person. The hard part is, is being that different person Mm -hmm. around people who knew you as the old, you can treat me like shit person. Yeah. So I think the best way to get practice in, in being the new version of you is to onboard new clients. And literally, if you have to fake it, do. Just be the new version of you. And, and so do everything in the new version way with brand new clients. And don't bend or be flexible in any way. And then it will start to feel more normal. It will start to feel more. It's kind of like rehearsing or practicing any anything like extensions. Everybody knows who's listening to this. Most likely, you know, when you first start beating or stitching or whatever, you like don't know how to use your hands correctly. And then next thing you know, you can have full conversations and barely pay attention to what you're doing and do great work. Right. So it's kind of the same thing. And I think the best place to practice and start is obviously with new clients. Um, And you, I think there is a little bit of embarrassment in showing up one day as a new person to an old client. Yeah. Um, It shouldn't be embarrassing. It should be embarrassing for them because anyone who treats someone else like they are lesser than, and I think that's what a lot of kind of old clients or that, that personality type of people being essentially dicks to stylists about their schedule. Yeah. Um, that's not, that's not a grade A type person to begin with. I, I can never, ever imagine speaking to a service provider uh, the way that you know, clients in the past have spoken to me, but I allowed that too. <laughs> I I love that point. I love that point. We get so resentful and angry at our clients and we place blame on them because 
you know, will say, oh, I can't do that time. And they push, they push the boundary. Can you and imagine like, pushing someone's boundaries like that, Haley? I just yeah, wasn't raised I, like that. I've done that. I have <laughs> done that. Because here's the thing, Hannah, and I'm not justifying it for anyone, no, no, no. for myself. I'm, I'm very respectful of people's boundaries now, but I've definitely pushed what's convenient for me. You're always going to do what is best for you in your life. Your clients do it every day. As a stylist, you do it every day in other ways, It went, except for when it comes to working the schedule you want to do and charging the prices that you need to do or to charge. So you get so angry and resentful of this client for pushing back on a boundary that you've never held with them. So you're, bl- you're placing the blame. Well, F them. I hate them. They don't respect me. No, you're, they don't, you don't respect you. They are, they are treating you in the same way you treat yourself and you've allowed it. You, you have given them that permission and all, all it takes is a hard no. And it's a hard no is easier said than done. But I found when I stopped explaining myself, nope, that's all I have. That's the only availability that I have. And then you're just quiet. Silence makes people uncomfortable. And if you can sit and hold that silence and get out of the justification habit, it opens up this whole new version of yourself. But you can't get angry at people because they are treating you. You gave them the permission. You've allowed it. They, they treat you how you've taught them how to treat you. And I don't know. It's just, it's not the only person you can blame is yourself. And the only person that's going to enforce your boundaries is you, especially inside of your own business. 100%. Uh, and you, ha- I, I think, yeah, I'm actually really, really proud of myself for getting to this place. I had zero respect for myself for so long. And now I just genuinely love and honor myself, but it's taken a long time and I've done a lot of work. Yeah. And I think, um, I think that's the other part of it too, right? Yeah. Nobody realizes Nobody realizes the personal development and growth journey that you have to go on and yeah. to untrain everything about yourself in order to make these changes, right? We just think it's a simple, oh, I'll charge, I'll, you know, I'll, I value myself more all of a sudden and I'm going to charge a price that reflects that or I value my time more and I'm going to have a schedule that honors that. Like, it's so much deeper than that and it's a lot of people don't want to go below the surface because it's painful. It's painful. And I think it's um, embarrassing and it's labor intensive. Uh, I mean, you know, Haley, it's hard to, it's hard to sit down, you know, on a call with a counselor or show up at a, a, um, a therapist's office or to sit and do a guided meditation. You know, it's hard to number one, make time, but it's hard to, have the discipline to say, I need to become someone else, but I don't know how. So I have to try something new. Yeah. Um, and gosh, it's so rewarding though. It's so rewarding. It's so beautiful when you do figure out how to get an honest evaluation of yourself. Yeah. And I definitely think as stylists, we need an outside fresh set of eyes for a lot of this people pleasing kind of uh, mentality that we have. So, so that we can audit ourselves and be like, what's going on here? Yeah. Uh, Because it's not you. I I don't, I don't know, Haley, I'm interested (laughs) to hear what you have to say, but I don't know if you can skip the hard work to and just show up as a calm new person you know um like demanding respect one day I don't I don't know if that's actually just something you can show up and do because you're still gonna be 
the like unsettled kind of sad little version of yourself on the inside. Yeah. So it doesn't match up, you know? Yeah. I, I think, I think you can do it because I think this, I think that was kind of what I did to an extent in my business. I made boundaries. I made some major shifts And so I got my business in alignment, but my personal life wasn't, you know what I mean? So I shifted where the chaos was. Okay. Yeah. And until I paused and, and honestly, the pandemic really forced, that was, that was my very deep flip of, of the script and the story for me, because I, I did the, I did the hard things in my business, but I, outside of that was a mess. And I wasn't aware that I was a mess until I hit a breaking point. And I know I've talked about that, you know, before it was, I really struggled when we had to all not work. I really was angry and I, <laughs> I hated our governor. I wish I like, at the time I was like, I would egg his house. I would keep his car. <laughs> like I was ready to do some vandalizing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I, I really thought that going back to work, and being able to get back to work would quote unquote fix what I was feeling. And it didn't. And that was really when I had to pause. And, and that was when I had to start getting a deeper kind of help than I had ever had. I had reached the point in my own growth in my business, right? Like I, if you looked at me from a business perspective, I was successful. I was doing all of the things. I was crushing it. But I reached the point that I could take myself to, right? And I'd had, you know, help mentors along the way, but that tapped out and I needed to go deeper than I had ever gone in order to get over this next hump. But I didn't know how to do it on my own. And so I just felt like I was drowning. Essentially, I was in, I was paralyzed in this anxious, probably depressed state that I could not pull myself out of. So I, I just think for me, it really, it shifted. It went from my business was chaos for a long time and my personal life was chaos too. But when I honed in on one, it really just highlighted the mess that you know, I was and, you know, on the inside and it was hard. Those months of self-reflection and coming to terms with the things I needed to work on and grow through, it was hard. Sure. Yeah. I mean, you, it's like you hated the governor, like stylists hate their clients you know, that it's like, none of these people are the problem. We're the problem. We are the problem. And and not that we are a problem, but the actual problem is our outlook, our attitude and our expectations Yes, of others and of situations. I think, you know, it's like you literally had you, there was no way you could have reached the governor in any way. And it doesn't matter regardless because it was what it was I could have he he doesn't live far from the salon (laughs) you're like like, actually actually Hannah like that's cute but I could have gotten there uh and but in the same way it's like we we have zero control over our clients thoughts or reactions or um you know shitty stuff they have going on in their life and then whatever they do with that so yeah we don't have control over any of that literally any of it and when once I realized I think that was a big thing too um 
once I realized I had a tough time in my personal life right before I got pregnant. Um, and I think I really, really, gosh, I changed and turned a corner massively. And my first big breakthrough was I kind of just put my hands up and was like, I'm literally the only thing that I should ever be worried about. I have zero control over anyone else. It's kind of an insane thing to think that we have to do a dance with people that we don't know what's going on. It's like, it's such a relief when you realize I'm only in charge of me, but I, I have to take full responsibility of that. And I think that just solves, I mean, that doesn't solve a problem at all, but that, that stops a lot of our insane need for control Mm. because it's, it's like, okay, well, I'm the only thing that I have to take responsibility for and be in control of yeah and worry about really um because yeah you're not you can't do anything about the governor you can't do anything about your clients that are treating you poorly but like you can choose what you do Mm -hmm. and you can choose how how you react and you can choose where you you stand up for yourself yeah that's exactly where my mind was going you are a thousand percent a thousand percent's a lot I mean a hundred's just fine like to go beyond a hundred is just obnoxious you're a (laughs) hundred percent allowed to show up one day and ask for respect yeah you absolutely are and whatever way that that is and what clients do with that is zero percent your business yeah and it's not even about you anyways I think that's where I had to get to a point where I'm like if someone's mistreating me number one that's disgusting on their part uh and number two like that's on them yeah absolutely it is so it's it's wild Hilly having this conversation it's like I don't even realize how far I've come and also how great my schedule is but you're so so in tune with stylists because this is your work and it's such a good reminder that you know progression takes a long time number one yeah but I think with your um kind of big breakthrough during the pandemic and with you know my recent maternity break and just coming back, I, I think it makes me realize that sometimes we do need something really, really massive that seems painful and tragic or whatever to reset us. And also you have to, you have to get outside help. You have to like bring in people who know what they're doing Yeah, and ask for help and find out how to teach yourself self-respect, confidence, self-esteem, all the things, because it's like, you can't just look this up on YouTube or read a book. Like you really have to reach out for help to whether it's a coach or a counselor or Kristen. um, Yeah. I was about to say, or Kristen. (laughs) I feel like if anybody needs their first step one, you need to contact Kristen Sosman. She will, help you start to change your life yeah yeah she really um I for me she was a massive part massive part of uh my shift from people pleasing to really really calm self respect and honor yeah um yeah she's helped me with some really just hard things that you know I just things that I dealt with you know over the course of my life that I I'm a very it is what it is person so like something happens and I'm just like well it is what it is and 
we, I'm, I go into problem solving, but I don't necessarily take the time to pause and feel the feels and work through those feelings or understand or, you know, get to the root of it. And that's one of the things that she has really helped me um, do, kind of understanding why I operate the way I operate and how that has now affected my life and, you know, my relationships in both my personal life and professionally. Um, and it's, it's been huge. It's, it's really been amazing. Yeah. And I, and she's a massive part or she's her, her work is incredibly impactful. And I think it's good to remember too, we can do little things. Like even if you have, I have our friend Angie who is coaching me essentially through like technical stuff mm-hmm. on, on the backside of like web, web stuff, just stuff I don't know how to do, design stuff. Yeah. Um, and she's been such a great help. So it doesn't have to all be this like deep emotional. No, it doesn't you know, digs, I think we have to ask for help in ways that we like feel lost yeah. because that's how we build that confidence. And that's how we start, you know, ask or not demanding's a hard word, but asking's not hard enough. So whatever. That's how we start demanding. Let's yeah. Just demand it. Yeah. That's how we start. De- yeah. Demanding respect. Um, when we, when we're capable and when we are like, this is what it is, but in a kind way. Um, and you know, you, a lot of times need help figuring out how to do that. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I think we, I think for stylists who, you know, we, a lot of us have gotten tossed into our businesses, right? We, you're not taught how to run a business. You're not taught any of these things. And if, if your parents didn't teach you how to have boundaries or the environment that you grew up in didn't teach you to have boundaries, you, you genuinely don't know. And I, I just think speaking to asking for help, you know, asking for guidance. And sometimes you have to pay for that, right? Like, and it's, it's an investment into you. And that was one of the things my dad is the most, um, my dad's like the smartest business man that I know. And I always talk about him and you guys know I'm like so obsessed with him. And he's very cautious when he makes financial decisions. Like he, he plays the long game. He plays the big picture game. And the one investment he would never shy from it would be with without a second thought yep you should do it it is the investment into yourself and to me for a man who's just you know mr cautious he was when i was like i'm gonna only do extensions he's like well Haley, like you know that blew his mind because he's like it's not a necessity right he's in he's in mortgages housing those people need those things. He's like, people don't need hair extensions. Like, but dad, yes, they do. You don't, you need to learn women a little bit more, dad. You know what I mean? But, um, you know, and he, the one investment you will never regret is the one that you make into yourself, into your own growth and into your development. Because at the end of the day, at the end of when I sit back, what is the one thing I'm always going to bet on? And that's me, right? I write my own story. I get to choose the direction that I want to take my life in. And I'm not putting that in anybody else's hands or in anybody else's control because they're not going to look out for me in the same way that I'm going to look out for me. So I'm always going to bet on myself and investing in yourself, whether it's hiring and it can be little things like Hannah said like maybe you need a website and you need to hire somebody to do your website because you're wasting hours and hours doing it yourself or maybe you need to I don't know you just need to hire people right you need help and 
you just have that hesitation, but it's just one of those things that I think at the end of the day, it's like, I, it just pushes you to that next level. I don't know. I feel like I lost my train of thought there, but you're good. You're good. (sighs) It is, it is an investment. I think the last thing I have to add is what really stuck out to me and helped me become more confident, um, hold my ground with clients, whether it comes to my schedule or pricing or anything, um, is when I got really obsessed and really passionate about, about understanding kind of the wealth divide within Mm. people and, and kind of the class divide within people in like a bigger sense, not just in, um, in hair, but how that relates to hair is this. If you didn't grow up with money or any type of family wealth and you kind of pocketed yourself or feel as though you're in a lower class, when you start to grow your business and do things like hair extensions, now your business is geared more towards a higher class of people. Uh, People that either, you know, are very comfortable and maybe have wealth or are comfortable having money their whole lives or, you know, have come into money in whatever way. Um, And so we're not that comfortable or we don't know how to navigate interactions with people that have money or are, we feel as though are a higher class if we didn't, if we're not comfortable with that ourselves. Absolutely. So, and that's what, um, I've just become so passionate about and I'm doing an, like an online course project and then live events with, um, and the future is kind of retraining stylist or teaching stylist how to overcome that hurdle in their mind Mm -hmm. and how to start practicing and training themselves and then becoming a classy, a higher class in the living flesh stylist, Mm -hmm. a stylist who's not uncomfortable around people with wealth, a a stylist who um, understands and speaks the language Mm -hmm. of a higher class person regardless if that reflects their actual bank account. Right. Because that is more of a self, it's more of a self-respect thing than anything. Um, and, and being able to be around clients who are wealthier, higher class and still owning the fact that you deserve just as much respect yeah. and, um, as they do. And it's a really, really, really interesting mindset shift when you start to feel that way, but it's a whole new world that you have to kind of understand and navigate. You have to be able to put your sh- yourself in, in uh, someone's shoes who, you know, is wealthy or is a higher class person to truly understand, okay, like this is where they're coming from. This is what they value. This is what they see. These are things that stick out to them. These are things they don't care about. Mm-hmm. And I don't think there's anything fake about this at all. I think it's incredibly empowering to understand someone else's lifestyle and kind of mindset. And I think once you start to understand it, you, you see the value in it and you can kind of become a different person. It's, it's refreshing to me to be able to, um, to understand a, someone that I considered myself different from. Mm. But, but then to understand that I'm actually not different from that, like I just wasn't born like that, but that's who I am and that's who I can be. Yeah. I love that. And there's so many little things that go into that. Um, and it's, it's there for the taking. It's very interesting because, um, we can be whoever we want to be. Thousand percent. It's so cool. It really is. It's it's refreshing, you know. Yeah. I think we we just can. It's easy to slip into a, 
just a victim minded position, right? Or lens of life, right? Life's happening to you. It's not happening for you. And I think that little subtle shift of just how you look at things, right? And you really can. It it sounds silly, right? Because you're always told when you're young, like, you can be whatever you want. You can be whatever you want. But you still need to be told that as an adult. And you still need to understand that as adult, as an adult. It's never too late to pivot. It's never too late to make a change. You can be whatever you want and whoever you want. It, it just, you have to be willing to, to do the work to, to get there. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. And it's, it is, it's cute that you say that, but like, yeah, when we're little, we are told that and that holds true our whole lives. It's more uncomfortable when we're older because, you know, it's easy to learn things when we're little, especially when our family, you know, teaches us. Um, But you can teach yourself as you get older. If, you know, you want to be a classy bitch, you can be a classy bitch, but you have to learn what classy bitches do. I think we should talk about that in our next episode, just that because this was interesting for me, right? You take on an identity as, and this can go in any way, right? Like a lot of clients right now have, or a lot of stylists have, I'm a stylist, but I'm a people pleaser. And if you continue to tell yourself I'm a people pleaser, you're always going to be a people pleaser, right? Mm -hmm. And shifting into a new identity, how you speak about yourself, what you tell yourself you do, it's, it can be hard. Right. And so I think that could be a really cool topic for next time. Yeah. Yeah. It really, it really is. Yes. I, I love that so much because it's more about reteaching the world who you are and just Mm. like constantly reminding them, like, this is who I am now. But it's also, you have to it can be really hard in the beginning to teach yourself who you are yeah. to. Yeah. Yeah. So. Cause you, you feel, yeah. I mean, I've, I am new every day. I'm like mm-hmm. literally, I'm becoming the newest version of me every day. And it is super, <laughs> it is super scary. And you like think like, especially to your close friends and family, you're like, are they going to be like, what the F is wrong with Hannah? What is wrong with Haley? Like, what is she doing? And maybe, but you know, just yeah. to, like anything else, if you just like stand your ground or like continue to be consistent with it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Okay. Well, we can't forget that that's what we want to talk about okay. next time. Okay. Becoming, becoming the new us. Yeah. I think that's just like a great topic. Yeah. This was so fun. This was fun. I like our Sunday morning. I do too. Our new little tradition. I know. And we can actually like get back to being consistent. And so I think Amen. everybody's excited that we're back to recording. Yeah, I am. And I definitely, I, I think I always get great feedback. Every episode I feel like gets better and better. I, uh, it, it helps me. I mean, I think you would probably say this too. I'm sure your coaching does this for you, but, um, public speaking is something that is never, I don't think completely mastered it, but it definitely, um, it's, it helps me so much in that way. Yeah. And any same extra communication skills we can pick up, I think are always really good. So, um, have I listening now, I wonder how painful it would be to go back and listen to our first couple of episodes. I actually considered deleting the first 50 because (laughs) I am so, (laughs) I mean, we just don't, it's so hard to take an honest look at yourself and oh God. I have, I'm sure you have too, but of course we're all little baby narcissists anyway. So it's like, I'm just only listening to myself and beating myself up oh. and yeah, it's rough, but I mean, it is what it is. I think it's a very honest transition from who we were to who we are. I do too. I think we should just keep it. Yeah, I mean, it's... And then just not listen to it. I I will. I would... I I mean, I'd rather probably lose a couple toes than have to listen to all those. I I think I share the same sentiment. I think I would... 
probably hate us. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, I was super annoying to say the least, but that's how we get better. That is how you get better. And, but that <clears throat> really quick and then we can be done, but it's cool. Like the journey, right? You have to start somewhere and you have to suck and you have to be cringy and uncomfortable and bad at it. And you have to learn from it and you have to continue to practice and continue to get better. You know, that's the only way through it. We would have never gotten better at speaking, at holding a conversation if we wouldn't have done all of those really painful, probably, podcasts previously. Yeah, we did the work, you know, and I honestly, like, I don't know, it was... I was laying in bed this morning or last night thinking about this. I was like, man, it is cringy is the perfect word. It is so cringy to think about those episodes. And I'm like, you know, <laughs> people probably think, God, Jesus, like Hannah is so annoying. Shut up. But then I was like, they thought that about me too. So don't beat yourself up. But then I was like, Hey, what does their podcast sound like? Oh, yeah. <laughs> they don't have one. You know, it's like, I, I don't know what you want. We've gotten yeah. better. You know, yeah. it's if we continue to stay super cringy, that's a problem. Yeah. But That'd I do cool. think that there is growth and yeah. it, it it's. I think, too, it makes me appreciate even more the people that are like, I listened to your podcast from the beginning. I'm like, Haley. bless your heart. Haley. I, I, they deserve an award. A metal, like a fruit basket, <laughs> yeah, a edible arrangement every day, for and the maybe rest of the like year. some eardrops or something. Oh my gosh, your ears probably hurt. Oh my gosh, I no, I think about that. The reviews. Oh, if you are still listening and you uh, can take two seconds to write a review on Apple um, Podcasts, that would be that's super helpful to the podcast. Um, but yeah, I look back at, at people who left five star reviews in like 2020. I'm like, are oh, they okay? God. Yeah. Also, what year did we start the pod? 2019, I think. Really? Yeah. We had it go. Well, the pandemic was 2020. Okay. And I we, thought it was before then. Maybe, maybe 2018. When did we go to New York? 18 or 19? Oh, shit. I'd have to look back at my camera roll. I don't remember. I don't either. Probably. Let's see. It was Jake 21. Yeah. He drank. Uh, I mean, that was... Hannah, that might have been 2018. Okay. Dang this. We've been... Yeah. Now I don't feel so bad because I'm like, you know... No, it might... It, I, it was either... I bet it was early. It was either end of 20... 18 or early early 2019 I bet I bet we had the idea if we didn't start in 2019 I bet you came to me with the idea in 2018 so going on I mean over four years that's a long time that's crazy mm -hmm. I'm glad we're still doing it and I'm glad we're not nearly as annoying same we're just like mildly annoying I think we're actually very enjoyable at this point I hope so god I hope so it, this is just us hyping ourselves up and be like, no, you're so good. No, you're so good. No really, one's actually we're not listening. Any, we're not any different either. <laughs> no one is listening at all anymore. Uh, no, our numbers continue to grow. So uh, that's I think I think watching – I love watching someone's story from cringe to not cringe. Me too. So, it's my favorite thing. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's honest. We're just – you know, it's good to just be us. I agree. I love you. I love you too. Thank you for this. I can't wait for next week already. Um, don't forget to follow us on Instagram if you don't already. Mine's Haley Evans with a Y and an S, an extra Y and an extra S. And of course, we have Hannah the Brunette. And if you guys need anything or want anything, I feel like Hannah, we should do guests. Yeah, I like that. We should bring some guests on. So you, if you guys have any um, guest suggestions, that'd be so fun. Because I think our interview you, skills are way better. I, I agree. 
well, I just know how to not talk over people and shut up. So that's mainly the biggest things. Yeah. I think we do you want to put up a box on um, after yeah. we put this out? Yeah. Okay. I'll put just on our own Instagrams, then we can just see um, what type of suggestions come in. I actually, we had asked Ken Stavis in the past and she was more than happy to be interviewed. Um, and she was, I had several people, I think when we did this before, when we put up like question boxes about who they'd like to hear from. I think we should do it again. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But um, anybody, I mean, okay. it can be hair related, not hair related. I don't care. Ooh, we should get um, my business coach on here. Yeah. Yeah. Arvin. Yeah, oh my God. Yes. I would love, love to hear from him. Okay. I'll, I'll chat with him this week. Okay. Sounds wonderful. Have a great weekend. You uh, too. We'll talk to you guys next week and we love you so much. We love you. Okay. Love you. Bye. bye.